0: Hey, y'all. I'm Tressie McMillan-Cottom, the co-host with Roxanne Gay of Here to Slay from Luminary. Our show is so damn good. And we have an excerpt we'd like you to listen to.
1: Tressie and I recently sat down with the luminous activist and storyteller Amber J. Phillips, and we talked about everything from how wild we are all going to get post-COVID and the inadequate ways Black people have been engaged with politically. If you want to hear more, you can listen to the entire thing by going to luminary.link slash slay. <laughs> Typically
2: when we engage black folks and communities of color or low income communities, any communities that are outside of the beltway, it's this assumption that they're going to vote Democrat or they're going mm-hmm. to vote for it on the right side of history. But mm-hmm. as a black girl who is embedded in black communities, I know that we deserve actual political education. Like, yeah, not yep. just fill out your voter registration card, but and how... show up every two
0: years. Exactly. And yeah,
2: exactly. Yep. Exactly. And I'm like, who is, I can't leave that work up to like Charlemagne the God, you know, or, Ooh. or, uh, wow. I, I'm, I'm dropping, you can tell me what I can and can't say. No, I'm I all you for it. Say it.
1: You have actually Listen. touched on a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> I, I have many issues with Charlemagne, uh, mm-hmm. the not God. And, <laughs> That what is it, Lenard? Keep... <laughs> it, yeah, I yes, know, right? it is Lenard. Lenard, yes. uh, we yeah. keep outsourcing political education mm. to entertainers, mm-hmm. and I understand that that might. And I've said this also about feminism: the superstar is the the door, and it, that's fine. We need yes. people to walk through that door. I I embrace it, but what we have to give them more than just the door. We have to give them a place to walk into where we actually educate people on policy and not tell them what to think. Just tell them what the options are Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that we don't do this, that we're so not we, but that they are so condescending to black voters, Latino voters, uh, to a lesser extent, Asian voters, that they just say you should vote for us because we're not them. Right, mm-hmm. I just keep thinking you're going to actually need a better argument than that if you really want to sustain a Black vote, if you really want to capitalize on say, well, what happened in Georgia. Thing.
2: And not even just a Black vote, but Black leadership. We yes. only talk about these communities in terms of what they can contribute to these establishments as if it's not our grandparents and our aunties who are embedded in Black communities who are... um, My grandmother ran um, the food bank at my church, right? Like, there's this assumption that all Black people agree on how policing should work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's this assumption that all of us are clear about what reproductive justice is. There's Mm -hmm. an assumption that we're clear about what kind of supports and policies Black queer folks need. Mm -hmm. And when we're reduced down to a vote during presidentials or midterm elections... All of us miss out on the visionary possibilities or the political mm-hmm. leadership of Black folks at the local level, at, in the at the family level, as well as how that can impact um, national politics. So, mm-hmm. I I love that about. We leave it up to celebrity or uh, we Mm -hmm. build political superstars only to reduce them down to a couple
0: of talking points or a message box. Okay, so now that you said that, you know what I got to ask you about. (laughs) We've got a new crop of political superstars. Some people want to start with AOC, but I think Mm, what we really are talking about now is Cori Bush or we're really talking about the new freshman class Mm -hmm. who is often thought of as knowing exactly these narratives that you talk about. And I sometimes get in trouble. It's fine. I'm living. I get in trouble for not being as enthusiastic as people uh, expect and really obligate Black women to be in public. They want to consume our emotions. I have to perform being enthusiastic. I have to perform being uh, faithful, right, hopeful because that's how other people feel it. They consume it from us. But I think that there has to be a way to go, okay, you can see this thing happening, but still have your Eye on the ball of the larger political picture. As somebody who has organized, who has been in both like local and nonprofit spaces, especially during this, you know, Trumpian years, but also the Black Lives Matter uh, years of trying to figure out how they were going to relate to electoral politics, what's your read on our emerging black political superstar class?
2: I think it's exciting to see black folks running for office and holding Mm -hmm. leadership. Yeah. I think sometimes when we talk about politics, we separate or we only think about electoral politics. We don't Mm -hmm. also look at how nonprofit organizing falls into that. Like when I moved to DC, everyone in my family thought I worked at the white house. I did not. Mm -hmm. I've only been there once. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So as an example, but I think what, um, when I think of specifically about like Ayanna Presley, yeah. and mm-hmm. she was doing like sex education around um, yeah. for black women and girls, and I was like, oh, that's really cool, right? And mm-hmm. my hope is that as these folks are entering into these upper epsilon power structures, that they're able to carry those threads and really, I want us to listen to what they're saying. Mm -hmm. If if that makes sense. Like, I really want us to, again, it goes back to this political education thing. I don't want to see Stacey Abrams and not ask real questions about her policy stances. I don't want to see these folks and then not say, okay, Mm -hmm. what are you doing around Hyde, Um, uh, repealing the Hyde Amendment? And I think sometimes... Mm -hmm. um, representation can kind of do a a doozy on you we're seeing this with Kamala Mm -hmm. Harris right it's like oh we'll be excited she's a black woman but it's like okay but what about that policing record girl Mm -hmm. like how are we redistributing um wealth in the form of these um stimulus packages how are we yeah how are we doing all that work that's what I really want people to ask them
1: no you raise a good point uh one of the most frustrating things is I actually I'm very interested in the squad and then the people who entered this cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wish more people would talk to them about policy. Lauren Underwood moved mm-hmm. forward with her maternal he- her black maternal health initiative. And no one, not no one, but very few people are actually talking about it. Mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. talk about, Oh, diversity, there's diversity in Congress and so on. But like, what are they actually doing? What kinds of policy initiatives are they doing? And, AOC, I actually find her interesting. I like yeah. her. One of the things that's interesting about her is that she does on a granular level try to explain what's teach going on. people. Policy. She does. Yeah. She does try to teach yeah. people and sort of open up the mysteries of Congress. And mm-hmm. I wish that more people of color had the platform to do that. Yeah. Um, or the, because... the
2: space. Like, I think what mm-hmm. AOC yeah. is doing with social media. So I also did a lot of digital organizing when I was in DC Mm -hmm. and a big push that I will always make was to be honest about where we are and to really show these processes. So when Mm -hmm. AOC got elected, I was super excited about how she was using Instagram live. She showed us the behind Mm -hmm. the scenes of her first swearing in and sometimes black women, we feel so pressured on how we show up that we can Mm -hmm. tend to only show up when everything's just right. and yes. what i yeah yep. exactly what you exactly. mean exactly <laughs> like yeah. so what i i think they a lot of them do have the platform if we're thinking about the use of digital media outside of things yeah. like the Washington Post and Politico and Mm -hmm. giving comment that they actually do have the power to speak directly to audiences Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that's what AOC has done so well is she's clear about her role in politics but she's also clear about how she's showing up in culture
0: and that's the piece
2: that I think a lot of black electics really could dive more into Mm -hmm. and if I'm thinking about my entry point into politics the first thing when you decide that you might want to run for office one day Mm -hmm. is you start cleaning every Right. That's right. You You start start cleaning out that Twitter. Exactly. You start to become less of who you are and um, really just only talking about the work. And I was Mm -hmm. and it made me a very uptight college student, I must say. I wish I would have had more fun. (laughs) That's why I'm kind of pissed about this quarantine. Is because I turned 30 and I was like, I wanted to be
0: out here, you know. So yeah, no, it's undermining. It's undermining some good whole summers. let's let's be Mm -hmm. let's be let's be honest about that.
2: Summer is just gone. I just know that like
1: come September, if if Biden really follows through on this 300 million vaccine thing, if it actually happens, and they say it's going to happen by the end of July, we'll see. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but if it happens, I think the fall we are going to be filthy, filthy people. Oh my May God!
0: Skies God. out, skies out. People are going people just to lose be walking snake
1: naked. Like, let me tell what you, what is clothing?
0: As, as somebody <laughs> who had, I, listen, and I had my good fair share of ho days. I really did. I, I did it when you were supposed to do it, and I'm going to do it again. again. It, if we can mm. ever leave the house without feeling like that pressure mm. of the hawk on your back. Yes. Let me just tell you something. Uh My friends and I, we're going to carnival. I'm, I've got I'm to, going to what?
2: all the events
0: Listen, where minimal clothing is yes required that is correct I'm asking my people down in Mississippi if they know a juke joint oh, I'm asking people like yes, yes I want a juke joint <laughs> that's right Dirty, I want it bad, dark. Yes, little dirty glasses. Yes, dark liquor. I don't want no music. I don't music. want a, the Hell's yeah! I want an incredible hulk in a dirty glass and to be pressed up against a wall that still got sticky paper on pier it. Yes. Hell, Hell pier yeah.
1: Pier yes. Yes. I, I want to get ten. pregnant from dancing. Yes. I hear you. That's correct. (laughs) And I
0: I literally cannot wait. So as somebody who even had her whole days, I am so sorry for everybody who's really grand whole days are being interrupted by this whole COVID nonsense. Um, So before we move on to more important things like um, our whole days, I just got to say this respectability thing that you talk about with how afraid we are to perform our real selves Mm. when we are political people. It also happens, I think, in our professional lives, no matter whether it's politics or not. Like the thing about being a good, respectable Black woman is you immediately, yeah, you start putting on the drag, right? You got to present this certain face. And like, I'm really empathetic to that because I think AOC has... Frankly, some privileges she can draw on that somebody like Ayanna Presley cannot. Definitely. Right? People are there to attack a black woman for just waking up in the morning. Breathing. And if she were to like crack a joke on Instagram, I honestly think they'd send out the National Guard. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Having said that, <laughs> I do think that with everything burning down, like, risk it anyway. That
2: That's where I'm at. Yeah. When I hear people talk about my Instagram, even my mother, mm-hmm. especially my mom, because... You know, I look like her throughout time, so she's looking uh-huh. like, "Oh, this is what I could. This is what this, this what is what we're my getting." Life. Yeah, yes. exactly. She
0: calls me her best thing. So um, my mom calls me that. Mm-hmm. I'm her best thing. Yeah. <laughs> so Please, it's oh, a it's a tweet. trap, and Don't fall for it. It's okay. a trap. It's a trap. She want to move into my house. She'll call me anything.
2: mom is waiting on me to create a tiny... When that Netflix or HBO moment happens, she's like, build me a tiny house. I was like, girl, you ain't gonna stay in no tiny house in the backyard. Thank you. So
1: there's that. Listen, listen, I'm going to tell you a quick story. As somebody who As somebody whose parents (laughs) live in the tiny house in the backyard. Let me tell you, my mom is already like, I need three bedrooms, Roxanne. And I'm just like...
2: (laughs) Mm-hmm. That's definitely going to be my mother for sure. She does
1: not disappoint.
2: She's <laughs> no. going to want to expand. No. She's definitely going to no. want it to expand. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what I really am. Team, take up as much space as mm-hmm. you possibly can. Be yourself. Like it. It sounds like s- so frivolous. But mm-hmm. as someone who is constantly trying to practice being my full self you really mm-hmm. don't know even how far it can go until you start the process. Yeah, I remember the first time I got my hair colored, like, when I decided mm-hmm. to really commit to my uniform of crop tops. Like, it's... <laughs> it is, and my favorite moment with my love. Of, I love a crop top, was when I had to, before the pandemic, I had to present in D.C., and I was presenting on political narratives, and I wore mm-hmm. a crop top and some some wide leg pants, and that's what she gave. Mm-hmm. Because I just feel like... A lot of these spaces weren't meant
0: for me regardless, even if I that's am right. in the perfect even and Even if you dress. put on the drag, that's the thing. Yeah. Even if I put on the drag, I am never them. Mm-hmm. So I may as well be fully myself because I am not only more comfortable, but here's the thing that I don't think we give enough value to. I'm having a good time. I'm really
2: mm-hmm. having a ball. Yes, and the reality is, this is when when I think about the folks who I bring into rooms with me, when I talk mm-hmm. about Black voters or um, Black audiences, mm-hmm. I'm them. You know, like I'm right. not going to separate myself from that. That's it. Um, when when you're organizing or you're coming into organizing work, people will say, "Find your political home, find your political mm-hmm. home." I spent most of my 20s finding this political home and mm-hmm. really just not fitting in the way I assumed to I would fit in because I'm like, "Oh, we all agree, right?" And it's like, "Uh, no." Um, even mm-hmm. in black spaces, I'm a dark skin, fat black girl right and that comes with its own set of challenges but my my goal for folks is how can you become your own political home how can you Mm -hmm. start with self to really um, not just talk about black feminism but enact it in your life Mm -hmm. how are you thinking differently about your family structures Um, Mm -hmm. I refer to my auntie uh, myself as an auntie literally I'm an aunt Um, and Mm -hmm. sometimes when we talk about um, parenting people or people who are raised and kids I'm left out of that narrative but the reality is I'm a critical part of my sister's children's life Uh right and I want that to be on it and I I started to include it more because I'll read bios from like people who are mothers and they're like I'm a mother of three and I'm like well I'm an auntie of two
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, because yeah. that yeah. that's also a part of my political framework. Let me just tell you, I started doing that at some point earlier in my career where I would list the women who it made me in my bio. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm Orel's granddaughter, Vivian's daughter. Right. Da, da, da. And I had a white woman come up to me uh, after a talk. So this is this is post lower ed pre So I'm in a you know, <laughs> I, I got enough to be feeling myself, but I still need to keep a job. You know what I'm saying? That was the moment. And you can so, go off, but not off. There, yeah. there you go. There you go. Just that—that that context is important. And I, and I knew her. She was not a stranger. So like, this is somebody who, sh- if anybody should have, you know, had a better read on who and what I am, is my point. And I will never forget this woman coming up to me after a talk I gave and said, "Just so you know, you're never going to get anywhere uh, in life." until you let go of that whole, uh, your whole mother problem.
2: A mother problem?
0: Yes, right. <laughs> yes, right.
1: Oh, I'm just sorry, but I just, <laughs> I just, I just
0: <laughs> that, oh, that, yeah.
1: that's not how you know she was white and that she has yes. not met Miss Vivian yet, because... Thank you. Whew, Lord, or you any other kind her. of a
0: Miss Vivian, because, yeah. I mean, this was so foreign to my understanding of how you even navigate the fucking world as a human being. And I thought, I have heard about your wayward, drug-addicted son (laughs) for 10 years. Mm -hmm. I know all that boy's business. He wrecked the car. He did it. But somehow, when I say I'm someone's daughter, I'm the one with the narrative problem. (laughs) And I started to understand that there was no narrative that I, as a Black woman, was going to have that wasn't going to piss off, for the record, some white person somewhere. Oh, yeah.
2: Or some man somewhere. There is... Enough to incite them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: So if anything, I have doubled down, like you, with like being an aunt. I'm like, yes, I'm an aunt, I'm a Mm -hmm. godmother, I'm a this, I'm a that. Because what I really think they have a problem with is the fact that we're something other than an appendage of them. Right, correct.
1: That we care for people other than, for example, our readership. Because I do find, and this seems to be unique to Black women, and I would say also Latinx women, Mm -hmm. uh, and... Native American women, when we develop a following, however modest that following might be, people tend to believe that that is our primary thing that we have to caretake. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I actually don't caretake you at all. I write, you read, we engage mm-hmm. perhaps. And, you know, but I'm Nicole's daughter and Michael's daughter first, mm-hmm. and last and always, yeah. whether I'm happy with them or not. And yep. You know, I it's something I think that, you know, there's this fundamental difference and it's a cultural difference about mm-hmm. what we prioritize. And yeah. this actually ties back to what we were talking about at the beginning of our conversation about how white people are excited for the political so-and-so to start up mm-hmm. again while we are exhausted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's because we have bonds, like we have things that excite us and that nurture us and nourish us and that we nurture and nourish beyond the political. Like, mm-hmm. And uh, it's interesting to see the absence. I actually feel quite yeah. sad for them. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And at the at the very end of the day, these are the people who will take care of us regardless of if that readership That's is it. there or not.
0: That's it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Regardless of if we get the promotions and the raises, mm-hmm. I go back to Carol Phillips and cry about this mm-hmm. shit. I'm I'm always amazed too how there's this illusion that can be presented, to, especially to smart black girls, that somehow mm-hmm. once we go through college and we get these jobs, that we are supposed to like separate from our families. Like, oh yeah, now yeah they're yeah, yeah. over there and we're over here. Yeah. And the thing yep. that I love, I'm also a twin. Um, the thing that I have valued across time. <laughs> did you? You're like, wow. Yes. I'm like, how did I not know I that? Hannah's idea. mom. That's why Hannah is so similar. My niece is so similar to me. It does
0: is, look. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: All right. Even though we're fraternal twins, I really feel like my sister had
0: my child. Yeah. She just mm-hmm. incubated your baby. Exactly. I get that. So, um,
2: <laughs> but I think that's kind of the narrative that I got as a kid too. Like when you're smart, you have to separate from everybody. Right. So re. Right positioning our families as not only our support system, but for me, really a muse. And, and mm-hmm. they are who I take this stuff back to. If mm-hmm. they don't get it, then I'm not gonna keep moving in that direction. And this is, I value education. I value knowledge creation, but I also want them to be a part of that. I don't yeah. wanna stay too far in a place where they cannot enter.
0: You can listen to that entire interview with Amber J. Phillips and enter into other amazing conversations that we have on Here to Slay by going to luminary.link slash slay.
1: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip.
2: I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've
1: summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA.